1: go to joebodden.com right now make a plan for how you are going to get involved keep taking care of yourself and your families and each other keep believing in the possibilities of a better world and i will see you on the campaign trail
0: as soon as i can you recognize that voice. Don't be confused. It's okay. You are listening to the Battle for 1600 <laughs> with me, Sebastian Gorka, host of America First, and our buddy, a member of the advisory board for the Trump 2020 campaign, former special assistant to President Trump, Boris Epstein. He is, of course, the Baron Bar- Baron <laughs> Boris, you were Baron. chuckling there. You were chuckling. Why are you laughing at the former president of the United States and his endorsement of the man who just happened to be his vice president for... Eight years. That endorsement was about a year late, right? (laughs) (laughs) And what about the energy? That was worse than Jeb. If If anybody endorsed me like that, I would say, thanks, you can keep it. Hey everybody! I'm so oh, excited.
1: How are you doing? You guys know Joe? You know Joe, right? And Joe is the guy that hey, you know Joe. Joe is the guy that doesn't know what time of day it is, <laughs> or whether he's running for president, is, or where he is. One of the you know, I am not. You know, I'm kind of from the old school. I'm not huge on the memes, but one of the funniest memes I've seen in a long time is a picture of Biden and Joe of, of, of Obama and Biden, and Obama goes to Biden and goes, "I'm endorsing you." And Biden goes, for what? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It was so funny. The whole thing is, it's so sad that the person who knows Joe Biden the best in a professional sense now, not in the 70s, not in the 80s, not in the 90s, not in the early 2000s, but now is Barack Obama and President Obama waited until everybody else was gone. To say, okay,
0: I, uh, all right, Joe. Does it does it count? Does it count as an endorsement when there's nobody else left to endorse? I mean, really, Boris?
1: It it counts more like a like a very soft hug, <laughs> like a one of those hey, hugs- social
0: distancing. Come on, Boris. Social right. distancing.
1: It's a social distancing <laughs> hug, you know, like one of like those hugs that they used to teach in like elementary school with the with the you know with the ass out hug, the, the you know the separation hug. Oh, the, you Hol- know? the
0: Hollywood kiss kiss where you don't actually touch each other's cheeks. I right. get it. Okay, Look, yeah, but this is just one side, the one side kiss, not two. Sides. He right. doesn't get the
1: two sides from Obama. It was not a full throated endorsement. I think he could absolutely I, put it. That I way. was in. I,
0: I I I was with a, a recording an interview um, with a Democrat earlier today, and. She she got really irate because I pointed out that um, there's nobody left to endorse and he was his vice president. And she said, but hang on, hang on. In the history of politics, uh, you, you always if, if it's a president who's endorsing, you always wait until the very last moment. But really, Boris, this is the man who was his deputy for eight years. Isn't that isn't that more of an anti endorsement that you wait until the very, 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 very end? It really is. It really is. The history of politics, it's a little
1: complicated. You know, you can look at it from from a lot of different sides. You know, uh, Reagan waited a little bit, but then really did come out strongly for George H.W. Bush, even though the two had been rivals earlier in their career. People forget that in 80, H.W. Bush was actually at one point a more – likely candidate for president than reagan was he was he was more of a front he was more establishment he was
0: establishment he,
1: he was establishment so yeah. you, you you know you've had that and then uh you know eisenhower didn't didn't really do a, a lot in 1960 for nixon but that wasn't expected because of where right. ike was in his in his career so if you look at the history of america it's it's sort of tough to really say oh well historically this happened and this didn't happen in this case there's no secret that Barack Obama kept Joe Biden from running in 2016, and for yes. a variety of reasons. One, obviously, very sadly, because you know Joe had just lost a son a year before, right. in 2015. But then also, it's been widely reported that Obama just didn't think that Biden would do a good job as a candidate, and that translates into not doing a good job as the president potentially. So he, so you know, at that time, Obama skewed the scales toward Hillary Clinton. And this time, he, Obama, widely reported, went and said to Biden's team, don't let Joe embarrass himself. Right. Well, why would he say that if he didn't expect for Joe to embarrass himself? Right? I wouldn't say to you, be careful crossing the street if I don't think you're going to be crossing the street.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Good analogy. Look, uh, we, we both worked You've worked on, on numerous campaigns. We both worked in the Trump White House. So we have a political identity and political perspective. Let's, let's put that to, to, to aside for one moment. Let's talk just professionally in terms of political communication. That video, I mean, A, he can't help how he looks, but, but President Obama, has, I mean, his hair is great if he's fully gray he, he he's i don't know whether it's a coronavirus or something else but he looks so much older and then secondly if you're the person taking the video if you're the professional team if you're helping the idea that you deliver an endorsement that has zero i mean negative energy wouldn't you just say hey can we just re-record it can you pep it up a bit how could you release a video that's meant to be a positive plus sign for a candidate It wouldn't make you buy a a tin of beans or, you know, some corned beef it was so low energy.
1: I'm not sure why they let that out. One thing I could guess is that's the best Obama could do on this. So that, that could be a
0: reflection of what he really feels.
1: Exactly. Fascinating. You know, because he could have said, listen, this is what I got you know this is what i got uh I, I don't have much more much more to offer you and this is what i this is what i'm gonna put out and then they said well i guess that's what he has also with technology i wonder how they actually did it right they couldn't have sent someone to president right Johnson's
0: maybe there was nobody house. there he just stared he just, into his laptop or whatever who knows who it
1: knows? is the video is not well done he doesn't look good the even the suit the colors that he there's no shows, makeup nothing It's right. just it's it's very depressing. It's okay. very depressing. And then, you know, I saw on Twitter Joel Benenson, who was a top advisor for the Hillary Clinton 2016 who? campaign. Who? Who? Joel Benenson. Okay, he's sorry. A, he's a okay. pollster. Yeah, he's a, yeah, exactly. He's a pollster. <laughs> you'll, you'll see him on such wonderful TV news shows as the, the show with Joy Reid, ah. sometimes Lawrence O'Donnell, okay? Stop Those, the
0: hammering.
1: Right. Those exactly. the Those really prime time MSNBC, you know, uh, force majeure shows. <laughs> That's what Joel Benenson was. Well, Joel Benenson said, well, President Obama is such a wonderful surrogate for Biden. I mean, who does Trump have? Hello? President Trump doesn't need a surrogate. He doesn't need a surrogate. Because he actually is of sound strength and mind. <laughs> He's a vivacious, full of stamina candidate.
0: It's not like He's it's not, not like Bloomberg, who has campaign ads that don't have Bloomberg in them, right? The early Bloomberg, some of the Bloomberg ads looked like
1: they were Trump ads. He was he, he'd have President Trump looking <laughs> yes. great, right, saying yes. saying I am going to stop Obamacare. Great, okay. Where do I sign up? Where do I send my check? By mini Mike, mini Mike. So yeah, it's. They have a problem on the left. Their problem is enthusiasm. Their problem is production. But also their problem is understanding. They don't understand what the American people want. The American people don't particularly anymore really care, outside of a very small swath of the population, about President Obama. That is yeah. – forget yesterday. So th- th- this, s- is,
0: this is my question. So it's this, four years ago news. This is the podcast, The Battle for 1600 you're my co-host and this is you know you're you're far more you know, I I was a national security guy for more than two decades that's how I got into the White House although I did publicly come out and endorse uh, candidate Trump very early on and then became his advisor during the campaign but but you are not only a, a you know a, a legal professional worked in finance in Wall Street you really know politics this is the most important question i i, I think our listeners would like to know as well and our viewers what difference does this make does this make any difference is this going to make people who would not have voted for sleepy joe vote for sleepy joe this this low energy uh, a grizzled old obama uh, endorsement
1: the sleepy obama endorsement
0: yeah the sleepy obama endorsement does it make does it make a political difference
1: not at this time no right. it it's only going to make a difference if president obama Truly goes out there. And I mean, goes just, to the
0: rallies. Is seen with him, you know, with Joe. You mean that kind of real endorsement, and and not even the. I mean, you got to
1: remember. And this kid has come up in the last couple of days, sort of as an aside. You know, you know, we all saw the absolute ludicrous attack by Yamiche Sindor oh on yeah. the Surgeon General of the United States, right? Right, right? And she attacked him for using language that's used in his family. He's African-American. He has Puerto Rican in-laws, I believe he said. He said, you know, t- do it for your ab- uh, abuela. Do it for your pop-pop. Do it for your big mama. Right. He's using language from his family. And Yamiche said, wow, there's people on Twitter who are offended, which is, I think was her on Twitter who was offended. <laughs> but then people brought up a video of President Obama from 2016 saying, call Cousin Pookie. And tell them to get out and vote, which is about as you know, as, as a racial, as a generalization as you can have. Right. But here's one thing people sort of missed from that video a little bit when they kept showing it is that was in 2016. Mm. And we all know how that turned out. Cousin Pookie stayed home, okay? Yes. So my point is President Obama as a surrogate is not the same as President Obama of 2008. Everybody thinks, oh, Obama, he's this, you know, the people on the left think he's this God's gift to campaigning. And he's going to do great. President Obama almost lost to Mitt Romney in 2012 as an incumbent. Let's not forget that. Yes. And Hurricane Katrina did a lot to help Obama get reelected. So
0: this is a a non-event unless Obama backs it up.
1: Backs it up in a way that you that we haven't seen before. Right. He ha- he's going to have to back it up.
0: But in but a but way- he admits it. So I don't want to interrupt. But he admits it in his in his books, and you know it from people inside the White House back then. He's a fundamentally lazy man. He actually says this in his autobiography. So the idea that he's really going to do like a Trumpi- Trumpian super physical endorsement across the country, I don't buy it. Do, do you have that expectation, Boris?
1: No, no. he's not going to do it for Joe. No. I mean. If this is all he did for the endorsement, <laughs> right. Then that is no way, right? Right? Yeah, right. I mean, look at the, look at the picture. What is the, you know, the what is what's the shot? What, you know, it's sort of a gray out shot, and he's in the either dark gray or a black black suit with a blue blue shirt. Yeah. It just it, it looks so almost like oh, I had nothing else to do today, so let me throw together this video, and right. and this is my endorsement. Let, let video. me get this out of the way. Let, let me, me get, get out of the way. way. Right.
0: It's a sleepy endorsement for Sleepy
1: Joe. That's what it is.
0: Perfect. It's all sleepy. Um let let's just finish this round by talking about the It's the- fun. Actually, you know, I haven't gotten to talk about President <laughs> o- former President Obama in a long time. Yeah. You
1: know, just, We're it just it seems like a it was uh it was it's a bygone era. And people, you know, just real quick to finish up, people overestimate his abilities. And you're right. He's Fundamentally, as he's admitted to, he's a lazy guy. And if yeah. he's lazy, he isn't going to be really out there. It's going to be sleepy.
0: Right. Go ahead. Um, the, the, the latest development is that we have uh, Liz Elizabeth uh, Warren endorsing Biden. Um, oh, but, but But hang on a second. Isn't she one of the champions of the Me Too movement? I thought all women... All victims should be believed, and we now have more and more information about a credible rape allegation against Joe Biden from one of his staffers. So I, I don't want to turn this into a political thing, but, but does this not indicate how utterly transparently fraudulent the whole Me Too movement is when it comes to those who, on the one hand, say in the case of Judge Kavanaugh, that he his accusers must be believed, and he's a rapist until proven otherwise. But now, Warren has no problem as a left-wing woman endorsing a man who is in the midst of a rape allegation. Your your, your take, Boris?
1: My take is that the hypocrisy is just so thick here. And the hypocrisy runs from everybody like your favorite actress and mine, Alyssa Milano, from Who's the Boss? Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, i got to give it to you. That Tony Danza show in the '80s used to make me laugh. When we when we came over here in the early '90s, that '80s show uh, was one of the shows I watched as a kid. Who's the uh-huh. boss? It was a good right. show. So Alyssa Milano should probably stopped her career there and definitely stayed out of politics. So her hypocrisy has been widely slammed. Hypocrisy of the New York Times. I mean, the story of the, over over the last weekend where the New York Times said Joe Biden. Has not, There have not been other accusations against Joe Biden, and I'm, I'm characterizing here, not an exact quote, except for instances where his unwanted touching, yeah. hugging, and kissing has made women uncomfortable. And then the New York Times took that part out. Compare that to how Milano, New York Times treated Cav- Justice Kavanaugh during those allegations which have now been proven to be made up. And, and the Blasey Ford allegation, which has had no backup whatsoever, unlike the Tara Reid allegation against Joe right. Biden. The, and this is important for our listeners and, and those who are watching to know. that I, have, I am not weighing in on the allegation, but here's what I will say. The Tara Reid allegation has contemporaneous backup. Which the Blase Ford never which did. Which is, which is, uh, for
0: those who are not familiar, you know, you have your legal training, but from the law enforcement angle as well, it is a crucial factor. One of the first things crucial. that they ask for is, did the victim tell anyone at the time? Because if you don't tell anybody for a year or ten years, then they say, hang on, that's a bit weird. It is natural for a victim to share it. So the fact that in this case, Miss Reed has a contemporaneous. Uh, witnesses or people she reported to means this isn't this isn't just pie in the sky potentially
1: so that's the you know the the issue here for joe biden is that this is a credible allegation i have no you know obviously either you or i were there we have no idea but this is an allegation that's not been made into a criminal complaint it is about 10 years sooner than what Kristen Ford claimed Justice kavanaugh did and it's not about something that happened in high school this is what happened when joe biden was already allegedly was already senator right. so these, these are this is a credible allegation that deserves to be covered of course of course most of the media are absolutely ignoring it okay they're yeah. absolutely ignoring it totally and and it's left to sort of folks who are either on the right or folks who are you know like The Intercept and others who are critiquing the media and saying what are you doing and how could from you be- from
0: the left I mean let's be clear right. The Intercept is not Fox exactly. News no. hardcore hard, hard left wing but at least they have some investigative journalists right and then you also have folks no surprise there who are
1: major backers of Bernie Sanders yes. who are saying, well, what is this? So that brings us to Pocahontas. Well, we all know Pocahontas doesn't really have political ideology. She used to be a Republican. Then she was a Democrat. Then she was a communist. Then she was a Native American. She's got everything that, uh, under the sun in her background. And whatever, whatever flies she'll, you know, she'll pick. So here she's saying, well, you know, that Me Too movement thing, that was kind of cool for a while. But now I'm with Joe, and I don't believe accusers anymore. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, at least Ocasio Cortez, you've got to give it to her. She's, she's nuts on every issue, but at least she's been somewhat consistent. <laughs> she's saying, hey, this is for, incredible. Thing.
0: For three years. For three years. She's right. Been she's consistent. been
1: nuts on everything. She's been wrong on everything for three years. She may lose her reelection this time around. But you know what? At least she's saying, you know what? There's something here. I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, and it's something that, that people deserve to get to the bottom of.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So
1: Elizabeth Warren, I guess, th- th- did not decide that that's something that's worth investigating or learning more about before endorsing joe biden and we'll go back to an earlier point is there a chance that this whole brewing scandal is the reason or a reason why barack obama's endorsement was so tepid maybe why it was so lackluster and sleepy indeed maybe but joe biden is by no means by no means the candidate that any of these democratic leaders wanted and i think that's a fact
0: Let's you use the word democratic. Let's talk about uh, today's news that uh, that Bernie Sanders is angry and is chastising, making public comments about his former staffers who are refusing to endorse Biden. Isn't that un-American, Boris? It's shouldn't shouldn't almost, we be allowed to do what we wish? It's almost as if he <laughs> is acting like a Bolshevik. (laughs) Dictatorial Bolshevik. How strange. That is so strange.
1: I just don't know how could that ever happen?
0: It's as if he honeymooned in the Soviet Union. It's so strange. (laughs) strange. (laughs) Exactly. This is why, by the way. This right here
1: is why we both enjoy this podcast so much and why I think our listeners and why it's gaining so much traction are, and why everyone's enjoying it. Because we don't practice these things. We don't, you know, we don't spend hours saying, okay, you'll say X, I'll say Y, and you'll laugh. No. This is off the cuff. We're organic. having a good It's organic. It's all natural. It's organic. It's exactly. Organic.
0: And you can't fake that. Um, I, I, you said at the beginning, there's one thing. There's one proviso we said before we started recording today. And I agreed with you. We didn't rehearse anything. But we said, since this is the battle for 1600, you're my co-host. You get to say what we talk about or what we shouldn't talk about. And the thing you said is, okay, let's have a break from the Chinese coronavirus. And I agree. And I agree. Because we do, we, we've been doing that because we have to on my radio show, three hours a day, almost every single day. But with one tangential exception, I'd like to talk about it in this way. Of
1: course. Of course, it's important, yes.
0: Compare and contrast. We just talked about how not to do political messaging, the, the Obama non-endorsement endorsement of Biden. And I want to flip it, and I want to contrast that, because we haven't discussed this on the show with you, Boris. And please follow this man right now, Boris EP, on Twitter. Check out his regular briefings at breakfastwithboris.com. Boris, the pre- president, uh, night before yesterday, his coronavirus briefing, where about six, seven minutes in, he played a, a video a three-and-a-half-minute video that we showed in its entirety on America First yesterday. I, I Look, I, I don't think I've, any, I, I've ever seen anything like this. That video where he simply took clips or his team, Dan and the guys, took clips of what the media said about the coronavirus and then contrasted it with his timeline of what he was actually doing to protect America, that was just a stroke of genius.
1: The President of the United States knows exactly how to talk to Americans. He knows that Americans want strength. He knows that Americans want a vivacious leader. He knows that Americans want somebody who is not asleep at the switch, and he knows somebody that he's somebody who's willing to put up a fight. And Americans want that. They want that now against this coronavirus, and they want a president who's going to put up a fight against all of his adversaries. And in this case, as sad as this is to admit, as, as sad as it is to realize, there's no other way to put it but the media is an adversary of the president of the United States. During a crisis, all they want to do, all most of the media wants to do, not all, all most of the media wants to do is blame the president, attack the president, And not actually talk about saving American lives. Not talk about bringing the country back. They want to ridicule him. They want to come up with any ways to check him possible. And they want to bring him down. It is sad. It's pathetic. It's disgraceful. And it's disgusting. The way that most of the media and most of the people, not all, but most of the people in that press room or out there when the president is in the Rose Garden. The way that these members of the media are behaving I mean Paula Reed screaming at the president right yeah you've got Jim Acosta I know your favorite and mine
0: yeah a billion a billion a
1: billion interrupting the president interrupting dr. Burks ambassador Burks
0: and and, and, not, and not only that we have the audio from Jim Acosta where this is what he said afterwards about the president's two-hour press briefing, which was calm, control, and this is, this is how the senior White House correspondent, Abilio Acosta, reported on it. And I have to tell you, that is the biggest meltdown I have ever seen from a president of the United States uh, in my career. I don't think a reasonable person could uh, watch uh, what we just saw over the last hour and conclude that the president is in control. He sounds like he is out of control. And he was ranting and raving for the better part of the last hour during that news conference. Uh, But getting to your question, Aaron, I mean, I I do think to some extent the president is realizing uh, that the walls are closing in on him when it comes to managing this crisis. Ranting and raving and out of control. I'll tell you what ranting and raving were and what out of control were. The chirons, the subscript on CNN, as the president was giving his briefing about the lies of the media, and they said, uh, President uses coronavirus briefing to push propaganda. President is having meltdown in briefing. Have you ever, have you ever seen chirons like that, Boris? No, I thought a, at first when someone
1: tweeted them, I thought it was a joke. I thought, yeah, I,
0: exactly. I had the same reaction. I thought somebody has photoshopped these on there. I thought this was, you know, one of our buddies, Carpe Donctum or somebody, the master of memes. But those were real, Boris. And then I went and it was a CNN reporter,
1: Keith Bennett, I believe, who was tweeting these out. So. I said I tweeted this. I said, "Are you kidding me? Is this is a CNN reporter calling out CNN for its own Chiron? And of course not. She was saying, as oh look, look at this wonderful reporting by CNN." I mean, the network has lost its collective mind. It has. Their TDS is at full stage five. They need to. They need to socially isolate for ten years because of the <laughs> level of TDS that they have. Okay. I like that. The, Abelio's TDS, Jim Acosta's TDS, Brian Stelter's whiny TDS, and then the TDS from whoever, whatever kid is writing those Chirons and many others in that network—they're just losing their minds. And you know, some people at the network have actually been smart. Dana Bash—we've talked about this. She said smart, po-
0: now, and, po- again. now the, and again,
1: now and again. Now always push on this. Yeah. She said things that have been smart, have been thoughtful, and have actually been somewhat objective. Listen, nobody anymore really expects objectivity from CNN. No. But
0: come on. Don't be worse than the Biden camp, okay? Did you hear, Fredo, did you hear Cuomo's meltdown on Sirius XM on Talk his podcast? Talk about a meltdown. Did you hear it? Of course I heard it. Talk about a meltdown. He said, cool. he said I can't do my job anymore. It, I, he said, I have no relevance. Fredo, what have we been telling you for years?
1: You know, and I've said this on the show. I'm glad that Chris is feeling better after after his battle. You're always
0: such a gentleman. Okay, before you pull out your rapier, you you do you know bow very very politely. I I really commend you. I recommend. I do, I do. So I'm glad he's okay. But goodness gracious, guy, get (laughs) off the air if you're if you're
1: losing your friggin' mind. Okay, Fredo, here's 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 some career advice. Okay, if you just sign a new contract. (laughs) don't go on your radio show or your podcast and go slamming the company that gave you that contract and the next day claiming you never said it. And the thing that, according to him, set him off was that there was this rogue biker Oh, yes.
0: You, you gotta tell, cause I didn't know the bank story. I caught the audio. Explain to our listeners and our viewers why he, I didn't even know he had a radio show. Why did Fredo Cuomo on his satellite radio show, I've had enough, I don't like my job, I'm irrelevant. What, what was the, well, how was, how was Fredo triggered, Boris? So I didn't know Fredo had a radio show either. <laughs> I had no idea.
1: It was interesting. I wonder what you – know, maybe it's on, on channel number 1072. I, I, I think
0: Anderson Cooper listens to it. I think he's okay. got one listener. I think it's no, Anderson No, no, Cooper. no.
1: Quick, 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 Be nice. He's got at least three. He's got <laughs>
0: – his, his, his grandma? His no, sister?
1: N- no. no. His no, brother? No, they're, they're too busy. They're too busy. <laughs> Who is your favorite CNN host at 11 o'clock in the evening? You're presuming I watch CNN. Okay. Who is the pres? This is a fun game. Who is the president? Said as dumb as a rock. Oh,
0: well, Chris.
1: Yeah. Well, there's there's one. There's, more, there's many choices. There's many there's, choices. There's there's many choices. But we'll let we'll let we'll let you think about it. But I'll tell you who the other two are.
0: Okay.
1: I think Governor Andrew Cuomo does listen. Yes. And I think, especially when he's on, <laughs> there's a, there's a chance there's a chance that. Are that Anderson Cooper listens now. I'm not sure that he does. I'm not sure. There's a chance that he doesn't. There's a chance that Anderson Cooper wants to do something else. But I think there's a, there's a chance. <laughs> we're we're that he just listens. lucky
0: it's not broadcast across airports across America. So what's the why? Why was Fredo Cuomo triggered? What's the backstory, Boris? The backstory is, and,
1: and this is a harrowing tale of of a huge. Uh, you know, a huge issue he ran into. And and then we'll tell the listeners who the third phantom listener of <laughs> Fredo is because I don't want to keep the I don't want to keep in the, suspense. The, right. the suspense going right. too long. Right. What happened is supposedly Fredo is outside of his house in Southampton.
0: But hang on, he's he's got coronavirus. What's he doing outside of his house?
1: Well he's that's it. No more social distancing. Okay, yeah. he's got the corona. He's 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 recovering from the corona, he's outside his house. And a rogue biker uh, comes by now the way he was saying it it was seemed like it was like a, a biker on like a harley davidson but maybe it was like a motor like like a, a bicycle. bicycle
0: i think it was a bicycle yeah
1: it, it, it was unclear either way, i mean i wouldn't expect for there to be a <laughs> the hamptons isn't really chock full of you know <laughs> hell's sort of like Angels, hell's angels right. and old school <laughs> bikers they don't really do that's not really you know they're not really out in the hamptons too much going to fancy french lunches and such okay so apparently fredo cuomo was outside his house he's with his family a biker rides by and says what are you doing outside of your house why aren't you in your house because you have the coronavirus which we all know about because fredo kept doing his show from his home while he had the corona okay right. which many people would say sort of sends the wrong message but you know it's, it's a free country he could do whatever he wants so the biker supposedly says to him. You should go back in your house, and that is what set Fredo off, okay? He was really upset that he could not, quote-unquote, take
0: on the biker, okay? He oh, yes. To, he wanted he to it, fight, but he said, I'm too famous. I couldn't fight. You couldn't fight. He's so famous. I, need to, I the, need to remember that excuse. That's a really good excuse. This
1: is the same thing that happened to him about a year ago, right? Oh, At yes, the, in the nightclub, uh, in the bar. No, no, that was the, it was like a fair, I think. It was like or, a or day f- fair. Where, it was like a fair or some sort of like a, a flea market almost. And some people said, hey, Fredo. And he said, that's a racist term. It's almost like the N word for okay? Italians. Right? All right, Fredo. Take it easy now. Okay. So Fredo then goes on his radio show, which nobody listens to, that here's the big moment. Don Lemon is the third listener. Fredo. Oh, how okay? did I forget? Like, the on, man who Don thinks love.
0: the biggest problem America has is white men.
1: Right, Don Why Lemon, man, Don except for Chris Cuomo. Hey, he likes Chris, Chris Cuomo. He, you know, Chris Cuomo, they're good buddies. And, and he's one of the, so the three listeners of, of Chris Cuomo's, Fredo Cuomo's radio show are Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, and, <laughs> and his is, own brother, Andrew Cuomo.
0: Now we know. Now we know. Okay, so um, we know that.
1: So then he goes on, and he, he starts talking about how he's really upset, pretty much, that he couldn't fight this guy. Come on. You're a middle-aged man. He's 48 years old, okay? We're not, none of us are kids anymore. There's no fighting a biker. If a biker tells you to stay home because you've been screaming how you have the coronavirus and you've been telling anybody and everybody who will and will not listen you have it, maybe you should just go home. Maybe you should be in your house.
0: Don't be a snowflake. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Fredo, don't be a snowflake. We're talking to my friend, my co-host. Boris Epstein, follow him. Boris EP, he is on the advisory board of the Trump 2020 campaign, former special assistant to President Trump, and a regular on our radio show on Salem uh, Radio Network, America First. Please subscribe, tell your friends, get the notifications to this podcast as well as to America First. Uh, in the last minutes we have with you, Boris. I actually have an admission to I make. I made an admission before that? What have you done?
1: My admission is that that Fredo Oko story was my favorite story of the week, and I really needed it. You know, it's it's tough out there, man. Yeah, you know? it's we're we're you know the country is going through a tough thing. It's good that we are flattening the curve. It's good to years. laugh. It's good to laugh. But we need that Fredo Cuomo thing. We really need two things really really gave me gave me a pick me up this week. It was the Fredo Cuomo thing, which of course CNN didn't do anything about, and they just pretend like it didn't happen. And right. then he's back on his show pretending like it does matter when he told everybody it doesn't. The second thing is when the president was asked about Joe Exotic and the Tiger King. I oh, thought that, that was, was a great fabulous.
0: Moment. That was fabulous. And, and then yesterday when he's, when uh, somebody asked him in the Rose Garden, and I have a second question for somebody who's not here. And the president said. What do you mean? I don't care. They're not here. Tough. It's like, come on. Who do you think you are? There's lots of people who aren't there. You don't get to ask 100 questions. That's the fake news industrial complex. Uh, in the last uh, uh, minute we have with you, Boris, it looks as if we're turning the corner. We've got Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, as soon, maybe by Monday, he's going to announce how Texas is reopening. We've got uh, countries in Europe, our allies, Spain, uh, Austria, Denmark, reopening even their schools, getting back to work, at least partially. And we have uh, signs that the president is finalizing his plan to get us back to work. This is a great moment, is it not?
1: Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. The president is now focused on and has been continuously focused on two things. One is obviously keeping Americans safe and healthy. And the guidelines he's put out are obviously working. America, I mean, this is a, no, still the, a The terrible, trend lines are
0: going down, but it, it's, as, it, but the, trend, the important thing is even in New York, the trend lines are going down. Exactly.
1: We are at over 25,000 deaths in America. And that is terrible. It is sad from the coronavirus, but it does not look like we're going to hit the big numbers, the 100,000, 200,000, or millions, as some of the gloomy predictions were saying, and that is absolutely a credit to this president. Also, something that's very important to note that people, that a lot of the media, of course, are not going to be noting, is that if you look at deaths per a million population, which is what's important. Not, the overall numbers are important, of course, and we don't want one life to be lost. But if you're looking to judge how a country is doing, it is important to know where we are on a per, cap, per capita basis. Yes.
0: Which is not um, how the media reports. The media reports totals irrespective of population size because they course. want to hammer the president.
1: They want, Exactly, because that's what all they're focused on. Yeah. The per capita numbers, America has done better than Ireland, S- Sweden, Switzerland, Netherlands, UK, France, Italy, Belgium, and Spain. Yeah. And, of course, China, which I, I don't believe for a second China. Nobody so should. We have to believe China is the worst of all. So yeah. that is important to note how well this this response has gone. Of course, we mourn every life lost. Of course, we want everybody to be safe and healthy and continue to be safe and healthy, continue to follow the guidelines, continue to follow what the president says. So that's been a success. And then you look at the economic side of it. Look at the relief packages that have already been put in place. It took the president one week to get the $2 trillion package done. And if not for Nancy Pelosi, it would have taken yeah. two days, yeah, okay? Indeed. So that's been successful. Now, and now you look at these groups that he's putting together, the economic the, the economic redevelopment groups that, that were announced yesterday over 150 people. And people from all backgrounds, people who have been negative about the president before. Right. Mark uh, Cuban.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mark
1: Cuban, Condoleezza Rice, who's, you know, an establishment Republican, somebody who's very smart, but somebody who's not been an outspoken fan of the president. Larry Lindsey, the same way. You have got leaders from all industries who are now being brought together to revitalize the American economy and how vital that is. And then here comes the next step that is reopening America, getting us back to work. And it's going to take time. You know that people are going to be slow. People are going to want to be confident and secure that when they go outside, when they go to the store, when they go to the restaurants, that they'll be safe. But America is now closer to being through this crisis than it is to the beginning of the crisis. And I I think think that is a very positive message. And you know what? Passover is not over yet. And I remember us talking, and Easter just happened a few days ago. I remember you and I were speaking weeks ago and talking about the holy days that are coming up in the Judeo-Christian society, the Judeo-Christian faith. And if you look at where the peak, if you look at where the top of the curve appears to have been, it's during these holy days. Yeah. And people out there who don't believe they could choose not to, and that's their God-given right. That's their American right. But I'm going to choose to think that... In the end, it's all in, in someone's hands. It's all in the hands of God. And I do believe that uh, that the flattening of the curve during the holy days does mean something. What do you think?
0: No, I, I think it was one of the most beautiful moments in, in modern political, uh, modern American history when the president talked about Easter, talked about the potential for an American uh, resurrection out of the Chinese coronavirus. when. Uh, When you had uh, Mike Lindell mention the need for prayer in family, returning to God from the Rose Garden. Amazing, amazing moments in American history. So, yeah, I I completely agree with you. And it's a beautiful way to close the show. If you like what you're hearing, if you like what you're listening to, tell others about it. This podcast is going to be here after we defeat the coronavirus. It's called the Battle for 1600. We've got 201 days until the election uh, of the next president, God willing, who will be re-elected. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Follow me at Seb Gorka on Twitter. We've been talking to Boris Epstein, Boris EP on Twitter, and our website for the show and for everything else is SebGorka.com. S e b g o r k a dot com. Stay safe, my friends. Last word, Boris.
1: Thank you, Seb. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. God bless all our listeners, all of your families, all of your loved ones, and God bless all of America. Stay safe, stay careful, stay vigilant, but stay optimistic. We are close to being through this. Let's get through it together. Let's get America back to where it should be, the strongest country in the world. We came into it the strongest country. We're going to come out of it the strongest country and the city on a hill. Thanks to who? Thanks in large part to President Trump. Thank you and God bless. All the best, guys. Stay
0: safe. Catch you next time.